talk with the six men. Be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday I gotta be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday We gotta be better, do better, that's every minute, every second Drop a juice, hope you collecting them. The voice of the people, we all gon' get heard. This real feel never clear what I say. Always tuned in, never tuned out. Gotta stay walking, be a sleepwalker. Gotta stand up, got too many stand out. Stay ready, like the six man of the year. We up now. We, we, we up now. Be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. Well, I'm glad we had an opportunity to sit down. I know um, 
I like to tell people sometimes that social media is what they make it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've been meeting a lot of good people on social media. I feel like um, the impact that I thought um, I didn't have, if that makes sense, is, is kind of coming full circle because I didn't know that people were kind of paying attention, listening. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that's paying attention. So we just mentioned a couple, you know, events that we kind of knew of. And this this thing with, you know, Amber Geiger and her getting only 10 years for, you know, walking in this man's house and killing him wasn't enough. Now it's a slap in the face that the main witness is now dead. And it's like they're talking about, you know, it was a drug deal gone bad. And I'm just trying to figure out how... How is that a drug deal going bad? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it's a sister that you were just telling me about, news anchor, who was breaking it down, you know what I mean? And, 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 and my, my issue is, you know, like she said, marijuana is so widespread now and it's so legal in so many states. Why would you drive from New Orleans to Dallas to buy weed? Where it's legal to where it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like when you... When you when you ask us, you know, I think it was the was it the chief black guy. I think he was the chief. And they put a brother up to do this. And and, and 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 he was like, you know, trust me, we're gonna you know we're gonna stay on top of this. And I'm just like, why would they put? He was the token. He was the token. He can put a white man up there. They put a black man up there. I mean, to try to validate. And and, and and I and I hate to always use race, but it's like it's I'm hard sorry. to get away from. This is one time. I'm sorry, you just can't get away from this. Now I was blasted by a lot of people because they misunderstood what I said when it first happened, the whole sentencing first happened. I'm all about forgiveness and restoration if you can do it. I And I still applaud the young man and his father. You know, my brother, his wife, and his four kids were killed by a drunk driver years ago. Oh, wow. Sorry to hear that. So, thank you. And I know what it's like to have to go through that whole process. My mother died less than a year ago. So, that grieving thing it's wicked. Right. It's a world you can't explain. You right. can't really. And every, it's like fingerprints. The way you deal is your way. Right. The way I deal is my way. Right. And and however you get through it, just get through it. Right. Um, there's some people who never get through it. The right. actor Chris Christopherson from um, Young and the Restless. Okay. The son committed suicide two years ago. And two years he grieved so hard until he killed himself. Wow. And so, I mean, everybody's process is different. If this young man got on that stand I've been to in my prison ministry I've been to so many uh, sentencing hearings where their sentence is really contingent on the victim's impact statement right if, if that boy had got up there and acted a fool and right. you killed my brother I hope you're right now I promise you would have gotten way more than 10 right way more right. because they, they they base it on what they see okay this young man got up there and unrehearsed you can see it was not coerced he told her, he goes, I don't know if you're sincere with your apology. I don't know. Only God knows that. But I do hope that you find God through this process. And because I love God, I have to forgive you. Because if I don't forgive you, I don't release me. He kept using the word I and me. Right. Then he turned to the judge and says, can I give her a hug, please? Judge Paul, he says, please. And he did that. Now, I still applaud him. Because that takes a huge man. I am a minister, been doing this many years. Somebody says, would you hug the kill of your son? No, I wouldn't. Then how are you going to say it? I said, because I'm not where he is. Right. He's at 18, he is way beyond me. Right. Now, the judge hugging her, him, her, and then the cop stroking her hair, 
totally out of line. Did you did you hear her interview? Yes, I'm sorry, it was totally out of line. When you're at work, you're on you're in uniform. Right. You're on the clock. Right. That little boy's not on the clock. Right. It wasn't about her. It was right. not her case. She sees thousands of murderers every day. Right. You gonna start hugging every murderer that come exactly. in there? You gonna start stroking you know, the, the officer? You gonna start doing hair? Uh, open up a hair salon for killers? No, right. that's not your moment. Right. They took advantage of his moment. Right. They took advantage of. I don't now get it. I'm a minister, but I work a nine to five job. Trust me, you're my nine to five job. I can't take it upon myself. I work for a law firm, so if I see something that's critical to me, I can't come out of. My my character okay. and be Chris. Right, I'm on the clock. Right, I am theirs for right. eight hours. Right, so I have to act accordingly. And she came off the bench, and and she separated her job from her compassion. And I, I saw the interviews. I saw, and I, I'm with the tears. Okay, I'm with all that. But okay. you're on the clock. Right, you're on the clock. And she and she mixed in, you know, the fact that the, she asked for a Bible. She went and got her one. That's not your position. You are a judge. Sit in that seat and don't move. Right. Unless you're gonna do this for every killer that you send to jail, and right. you're not. Right. All the hugging and you don't give scriptures out to nobody. Right. So I thought, and America had a hard time separating it. And uh, one guy was still going off on me about the young man and his father, and um, I don't blast people when they disagree with things what I do. Right. Me and, neither. And somebody was on Facebook. You need to be blah blah blah. This minister today, you don't talk to him like that. Well, in his defense. I, I see why black America feels the way we do. I said, picture this. Imagine you had lacerations from head to toe. You were cut in your face. Your neck had all kinds of issues. Your bones are broken. You, you got all kinds of lacerations under your arms and and you got cuts on your foot. You go to a podiatrist who specializes in feet. Right. He fixes your foot. Right. He wraps your foot up. Right. Your foot is now healed. Right. Is your body going to appreciate that? No, right. that's just my foot. Right. What about the rest of me? Right. Amer Black America has been tortured for so long. You know, you want to give a pacifier to this one great moment. No, I'm sorry. We can't appreciate that great moment. Yes, she got found guilty. Yes, she got 10 years. But okay, that's just a tiny itty bitty minute hair. Yeah. You know, what about all those mothers who don't make the news? There's right. thousands of young people who, there are thousands of, thousands of cases here in D.C. Right. Ain't never been solved, won't be solved. Right. What about, what about the mothers? Right. You know, and again, that whole thing, and now the witness gets killed for marijuana. Yeah. I mean, dude. It it, 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 it blew my mind. Oh, Jesus, God. <laughs> and, and it was like, like you said, once you start digging in and you kind of reading, you know, the, the optics of, of it all, and then you start piecing it together, it's just like, it just makes no sense. I like, can put my head down. Just it it, it makes no sense. And I mean, you know, from, from his testimony, I mean, he seemed like a genuine dude. I mean, it, it wasn't like he was forced to do this i mean he felt like he was really it, 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 it was his neighbor yeah. he heard it he wanted to know what was going on not necessarily knowing that she was a police he had just talked to him that same day so that would affect you if yeah. you talk to somebody and now they're gone it's like that that's going to affect you so to so so to hear all of this and to hear what kind of loft it was or, or the property that it was this wasn't like a raggedy no, you know in the hood no. property so it's like if you live here you got some standards about yourself. Yep. And it's like for you to piece this together and make this optics out to what it is, and like you say, put the black HNIC in charge, you know, at the at the at the helm of this to, to give out this story and all of these. I mean, when he was giving out the details, I had to pull over. 
because I was driving. I had to pull over, and I was just like, why are they doing this? I mean, if he got... Do they think, do they think we're going to be fooled by this? You know what I mean? Like, if he got killed, like, if he got killed and it was a drug deal, okay, I get it. But when you say Joker's got an AK, I mean, let alone, let alone buying weed illegal. Let's just say illegal. Let alone driving from here to up the street up to the College street, Park. Yeah. I'm I'm terrified, but I'm about to get in the car and drive from three hours from, each way. From Louisiana, like why, each way, why would six I, hours. Why would I do that? And why, it shot him multiple times. Why would I do that? Who shoots multiple times? Even right here in the district, who does that? that, that no one does that. I mean, dude, the drugs that you put you talking about some crack and some you know some heavy stuff. Weed. Weed. Yeah, yeah. It was I like it shooting was, for a can of Pepsi, dude. It was, it was, <laughs> so, it was bad. And so, and so, the other witness, um, I saw a video of hers today, um, and she went by the name of Bunny, and she said she that to, I didn't see black, her. black, okay. black young girl. They said she uh, was on site and was able to record a lot of the, you know, um, aftermath of the shooting. Like, oh, she the one who did the recording. Okay, correct, yeah, correct. And so she talked. And kind of shared, you know, her her side of what she saw, and she basically gave us some backdrop on what was going on with her. And I mean, her life has been turned upside down. She said people come to talk to her, they 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 messing up her words, they twisting her story up. She said, literally, she said that two men came to her door with black suits and said, "Oh, we're the feds. We need to talk to you." She was like, "Okay, well, what's your name? Do you have business cards? They didn't have a business no, card. Come on, no, they didn't on. have nothing. Come on, come so on. in my mind, you know, when people see TV." And people see stuff going on TV. This is not TV. Not. These people from these actors and these directors from Hollywood real. is getting this stuff from real life. This really happens. And so she said that she had a Facebook page. She said she had a um a, a IG page, and she was doing some clothing line, you know, selling clothes or whatever. She said that Facebook and Instagram closed both of her accounts and said that. She wasn't following the guidelines of the community of of the Facebook community. Oh come on now! All the stuff that we see on Facebook, closed both work. Are you work, kidding and, and me? She said, and she said, and all I sell <laughs> is T-shirts. Oh so no! So the guy interviewing no. her was like, "Well, are they explicit? Do they have?" She was like, "No, they're just T-shirts." And they and they shut you down like that. She was like, "Yeah." No, so she said she had to go and no. get a regular website so she can kind of you know because Facebook and IG you know you, that's free free advertising but now she has to pay to go get. Um, a, a website And she said that she had credentials With a pharmaceutical company She got credentials with the company The credentials have, have been blacklisted And taken from her all So now this, she can't even work All of this because they just simply can't admit The woman screwed up That's crazy. Now we're two black men Chances are Some of what you see in my house When you go in, I might see in your house We're brothers Right. We may see something African American related So if I walk into my apartment and see, if I walk in your apartment by mistake, I'll still catch myself because that's not my couch. Right. That ain't my pictures. Right. This ain't my floor. Right. A white woman right. walks into a black man's right. apartment. Right. <laughs> right. Right. The moment you crack, now first of all, let's go back to the door being open. If you get in the home, why is your door open? And and not even and not even that. I mean, if 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 you if you stick your key in the door. And it doesn't work. Wait a minute. And also, if somebody's in there, why don't you just back up and come on back out? Like, oh, hold on. But I'm a police officer. I have a gun. Mm-mm. Call for backup. Exactly. Then oh, after oh, she shot oh, she him. Oh, she did? She called for backup. After she shot him, she didn't even try to save his life. Because she was too busy on the phone calling her ex-partner about, what should I do? What should I do? What, what should I, I do? I my, and he was probably like, sweetheart, my wife found out about us. You on your own. 
I just can't imagine the brother. Imagine come home from work. Yeah, just the relaxing. safest place in the whole yeah. world is your own, yeah. your own domain. You pay for that. Yeah. You ain't. You're not on the streets. Yeah. You're not in the club. Yeah. You come in your house. Yeah. And they said he kept the door open because he had somebody coming over. Okay. That's why the door was open. Okay. I didn't get that part. He was going to walk the door open. Because that's my house. I can leave my door open. Right. For he somebody. He goes to the bathroom. Use the bathroom. Here's somebody say, hey, why are you in my house? And then without anything, bow, bow. at this point when she see him, by now you should see something that don't look like your house. Exactly. Okay, this man standing here, look at the... I'm sure they had me pictures on the wall. Because he was a family man, so I'm pretty I, sure it was it something. something. It was It was something. To smell it. Smell, exactly. Smell. Come on now. Exactly. It should have dawned exactly. on you. But but she but but she said that she had worked a 13 hour shift. I don't give a frick if you work 24 she hours. She was tired, but she was on the phone texting and sexting her ex-partner. Like, I don't understand. And then she even, after it was over with, she's... It said the text was just after it's all over with. She went to go get some. I mean, oh come on, Jesus! <laughs> it's just a mess. So now, again, because they can't, they know this is worldwide now, not right. just nationwide. It's right. worldwide, right? Because people are watching America. Exactly. This crazy fool exactly. in the White House and all this mess. They're watching us. Yeah. Just admit, I would love to see a police department finally say we screwed we up. We messed up, right? That's the problem we have across the country. Nobody wants to own up. But right. they want you to own up as the black man. Exactly. Own up as a, as a father. Own up as a child, whatever. Exactly. Own up and say, my department screwed up. Uh, yeah. And what they tend to do, they'll fire people real quick. Get them off. No. Yeah. She ain't with us. No, don't fire her now. No. no keep her. Yeah. Don't fire her yet. Yeah. No, they want to disassociate themselves. You know, we ain't part. No, no, no. She was part of. She did what y'all wanted her to do. Exactly. So all y'all guilty because she represents you. Exactly. And now they're killing folks. And now what happened? If you think about it, if she appeals, what she gonna do? Mm -hmm. You usually go back and get your witnesses. He's dead now. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, what you got? Yeah. And they scaring the hell out the other woman now. Yeah, the young young girl. Yeah. It's a Sir, setup, dude. It's it a is. setup. It is, and, and and I hate to I hate to think about it like that, but it's like it is what it is. I mean, you you know you you try to you try to piece things together in your mind and say, you know what? Nah, that ain't it. But then when you just see it, you like now they play on my intelligence. You like now, now wow. you can't make like I'm stupid. Exactly. Like I can't like like I don't out. understand what's going on. And I mean, especially a three hour trip. I don't I don't see that happening. I, and then and then even the back and forth and the guy that they got in custody and the other guy that they got in, in, in the hospital, it's just like everybody's story. And then even the young girl that recorded the video, she said that they came, um, um, the, the feds and the Dallas police came to see her every day for 30 days straight. And she said she felt like it was a way for them to try to get her to twist her story up or to change it or to mix it up. She was like 30 days. She said it got to the point where she told them, you can come here because I can't stop you from coming here, but I'm not talking to you anymore. And then finally, she caught up, you know, with somebody and um, on Facebook, I heard her say that she actually got connected with a family member who actually was a family member. She said because it was a lot of people reaching out to her yeah. and she could tell that it was not really family but she, a lady reached out to her was really family and actually got got her connected to his mother and she they showed her, she gave them the video and then I guess they gave the video to the DA and kind of you know, went on from there. What's so. weird on Netflix as a, well, you've probably seen it uh, a little series, Seven Seconds. Yes. Same thing happened. Here. Yes. Remember he killed the boy on, yep. his on the bike? On the bike in, in the right snow. Right away. Yeah. We got you. Yeah. The length that he went to to protect this 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 new guy on the block. 
And I'm watch. I'm, I've watched this series maybe been binge watched maybe three times. Right. I love Regina King. For right, exactly. Me too. That's my girl. But it was such a. It was so many stories there. Within it, it was so many, Within so it. many, and the way it the went way on, they went on, even when, when they found out the boy was gay, all that, and all, they, why, why does that even matter? Why does that even matter? Exactly, they tried to say this the, the young man in Texas was, was, was exactly why? he was just in church two days ago. What, 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 I don't care if he just got out of jail, you in his house, it don't exactly. matter exactly. if he just got back from robbing the bank, it don't matter, you in his man's house, exactly. But that movie is based weird how Hollywood is beginning to really. You know, they said uh, uh, um, imitating life. Right. It's weird how that whole police cover-up thing was so explicit in that series. And I've been watching it play out in real life. Yeah, yeah. How many times? That's a that's a that's that's a good way to shoot a perspective and have people to kind of go back if they haven't seen it. You haven't seen to go watch Seven Seconds. I'm gonna go watch it again just because it's because it's pretty much the same. The length he went through, and he knew how to cover every step. How to cross every T, how to dot every I. Right. Even now, too, when he was in court, he knew how to cover. Right. They would protect their own. It's, it's a league. It's the it's the union. It's a gang. Right. Exactly. The gang, gang, gang. The gang. Exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. But well, we're gonna take a quick break, y'all. We're gonna take a sip. We live out here at uh, Bus Boys and Pours in College Park, man. Just having a good conversation. So we'll be right back with y'all in a couple seconds. service when I first meet them, like bricks, stone cold bricks, you know, it's a matter of time for some, and to watch men and women that almost melt before you, 
And it's a freedom that I can't explain in words. It's rich. It's abundant. It's the best so I'm glad we 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 got the, the the topic out the way. I mean, I knew that was something that <laughs> that that would get that your attention. Hours, <laughs> right. Exactly. But um, my guest tonight is uh, Christopher Tate. Uh, we met on Facebook. Yep. Um, and I always tell people that you know your impact and your reach is bigger than you think because you reached out to me. And was like, you know, you got a, a prison ministry. You 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 had a, a new group of guys that you wanted to take into the jail. So just just get the listeners a little bit about you. You know what you do, and then we'll get into the prison ministry part. I uh, I'm a minister and gospel recording artist. Been singing, gosh, 35, 40 years. Um, single father, three kids. Moved here from Los Angeles in 2001. Okay. Um, LA. Yeah. Raised in Denver, Colorado. Um, raised by a tremendously incredible woman. My mother was, um, she raised eight kids. Wow. In an extremely abusive relationship. My father and my mother, they separated 28 times, I remember. Wow. And my mother, she was a woman of faith. She kept us together. She taught, my mother taught me. People say a woman can't teach a man how to be a man. Yes, she can. She taught me. Everything that I am, I learned from her. Mm. Nothing from my father, all from my mother. Mm. Um, she passed that's a, a that's ago. a bold statement yeah and I, I mean that I mean Father's Day my brother and I we always give our tributes on Facebook that's what's up and my brother will cuss you up see something about it you know wow she taught me how to love she taught me how to care how to be there I was my kids PTA president from pre-k to 12th grade wow. they everybody in the school knew daddy everywhere they went they respected me uh, when I see them in the neighborhood you thought I was a cop because the kids were straightened up so I taught my kids based on what my mother taught me. So prison ministry started about 26 years ago. Um, my brother, his wife and four kids were killed by a drunk driver. And I was really, the driver did not go to jail, white guy in Ohio. Um, I started thinking about how people kill, how do you deal with it after you've killed people? Right. And ironically, a few years later, a good friend of mine, her son of 19, who had just came off being in the gang for three years, mm. And very popular young man in Long Beach, California. Well, when he came out the gangs, he was one of the gang leaders, really. Okay. So he started trying to help guys in the neighborhood. And the cops knew him really well. Okay. So long story short, um, the cops came to his house a couple of times. So this young man who was always at his house saw the cops there. And he thought that my friend was snitching on him. Because oh. uh, the cops had been a few times. And he asked his friend, well, the cop at your house, he said, no. But he said no because the cop wasn't looking for him. That's why he said no. But he said, no, he's trying to turn me in. And he came, he had spent the night with him twice. His mother cooked food for him everything. Came back to the house, wow. lured him outside to the park, shot him execution style and killed him right there from the house. Wow. Only to find out the cops had been to the house trying to start a neighborhood block party. Wow. And they knew he knew everybody. They had raised five thousand dollars. They wanted him to be the one to help put it together. Wow. He was gonna hire people in the neighborhood to do music and food. He wasn't snitching on nobody. Damn. So this young man, when he found out he wasn't a snitch, he turned himself into his mom. He said, "Mama, Melanie, I'm so sorry. I did. It. I, I didn't know. I didn't know." And the mother loved him so much. Her love for him was almost equal to the young man we were just talking about earlier okay. with Geiger. But she knew him. And she knew it was just a terrible, horrific, freak mistake. Mm. She actually 
was on his side at the victim statement. She said, don't lock him up. He doesn't need jail. He needs help because he, he got to come out with some gang mentality. So they locked him up in the other juvenile. She's the one that influenced me to get involved with juveniles in prison. Okay. And I started going to the youth authorities first, and then within two or three years, it just escalated into the adult prisons. And now, 2019, 62 prisons I've been in. 62? Um, 62 across the country. Wow. Uh, I go three to four times a week Okay. in the D.C. area. I go to Jessup. I go to MCIJ, Patuxent, um, Howard County. I go to Roxbury and MCTC in Hagerstown. I go to uh, Cumberland. I go out to um, WCI. I'm about to start North Branch up there. I go to D.C. Okay. jail. Okay. A lot of prisons. And so um, the myth that people get wrong. I'm not in prison trying to get guys out of jail. Right. My prison ministry is all about helping men to when they because they're coming home at some point. At some point. We don't want them to do whatever they did before. Don't do it again. You gotta have a plan. You gotta give them a plan. Yeah. You know, look at people like yourself and Judge Mathis, other people who have made something of themselves. Or what you thought was nothing. Right. These men need to see that and right. we give them hope. You know, we try to help restore them. And so therefore now I, I got people like yourself going with me next month taking 13 fathers into the prison. Okay. And we're going to do a day of fatherhood within the walls, teaching men how to be effective fathers while incarcerated and when you come home. That's a good, that's I'm a good look. I'm excited about it. That's a good look. I mean, because I feel like, you know, when, when, when people hear that story, you know, it's like, you know, oh, he locked up, right? And it's just like, I've been there. Mm -hmm. And so my, my prison ministry walk was a little different because, uh, I had just got recently got married. Um, my wife, my ex-wife, and I had started going to uh, First Baptist Church in Glenard. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you know how the, you know how the old ladies are when she's been in church all her life. Mm -hmm. Family, mother, everybody's been in church. And so I'm I'm the street dude. I mean, I know about going to church because I know when my mother got up in the morning on Sundays and played Lionel Richie. Come on now. <laughs> When you heard that Lionel Richie song, Jesus is love. you already know what time it is. So it ain't no need acting like no you don't want to go. Yeah, no, you yeah. Want church and, and it make it so bad, we had to clean up the house first. Mm -hmm. And then get dressed on and time. then go to church. Be yeah, church on yeah. time and stay till it was over. Yeah, and so, and so you, know, you know, as an adult, you know, you go, you don't go, you go, you don't go. And so I remember um, a, a good friend of mine, Pastor David Venable, had his own church. Yep. Um, True Life Redemption Ministries Church, and uh, so we went, and his his pastor was there, and they was preaching and talking, and for some reason I don't know if it was a setup still to this day, but I'm sitting in the front row, and the pastor started talking to me, asked me to stand up, and I did, and he was like, "You got some stuff that you want to get off your chest." I was like, "Not really," and so my ex-wife at the time stood up and just held my hand because she knew I did, but I said I did. Let me ask you right there. You said not really. Did you say not really because you thought the people wouldn't understand it, they wouldn't accept it, or you just didn't want to? You just was. You thought you had so much you wouldn't know where to start. I, I think I think I just didn't want to be like the the um. I I think I just didn't want the attention. Right. I mean, I think I wanted to be there. I think I wanted to hear, you know, the word, you know, get the spirit. But I didn't I didn't want to be the attention, right. right? And so I think when you know God has His way, it's no. Mm -hmm. It's no other way but his, right? And so he's preaching, um, and he's talking to me, and and and, and Christopher is like, everything he's saying, he he he, he just met me. Everything he's saying, I and I mean, I, I, and I remember 
squeezing my ex-wife's hand so hard that the pastor came and told her to let my hand go and gave me his hand. And I started squeezing his hand. Mm -hmm. And he saw the tears and he was like, brother, you ain't got to hold them tears in, let them out. And so I remember crying. I remember letting a lot of stuff out. And I remember um, just kind of leaving that church, you know, looking at her like, we need to find a church home. And so we went to that, we went to that church for a little while. And then we collectively decided that we were going to go visit some churches mm -hmm. to try to, you know, not settle on one church. Right. right? And so we end up going, <laughs> we end up going to uh, First Baptist Church in on one night. And um, they, they were doing their thing, um, praise and worship. Um, the sermon was dope. I mean, Pastor Jenkins is, is my man 50 grand. I mean, he one of them dudes where he speak his mind, but he still want to teach you at the same time, right? And so at the end, you know, they were asking people to come down. And I mean, I, you know, it wasn't even like a thought. I just grabbed her hand and we just went up front. And once we went up front, they took us in the back. You know, we did all of the, you know, um, they gave us the... Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> what they call it took us to the to the back room and so we went through all of that then we ended up becoming members so we went to the, the class and you know got got everything official or whatever and so we're, we're, we're going to the church and it's just like boo what you gonna do you gonna you gonna do this you gonna do that you gonna you gonna join this class you gonna do this i'm like babe i don't i don't know i mean this ain't a small church and i remember going one time and one of the uh sisters at the church was like this is a big church she said but the more you come the more you get involved the smaller and smaller and yep. smaller it gets and so long story short, um, as I, as it started getting smaller, I start meeting guys, they start recognizing my face. They had a class of uh, 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 um, uh, Minister Skip Little and his wife Beverly Little. Um, they they were directors of the, uh, the couples ministry. And so he had a, a sidebar class with the men called uh, MCC, Men Connected with Christ. So I would go there on Monday nights and it was just all these men just you know, I'm 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 thinking I got all these issues going on with my wife, but I go to this class and I'm just sitting there like, Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> what? For real? And so, um, men connected with Christ. Then he he elevated it. Got another class. It was called uh, the Ephesians man. I did that class, and then I, you know, my 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 mirrors kind of went rocky for a minute. So I kind of was going, but I still. I mean, I wasn't going, but I was going. Mm -hmm. I was there, but I wasn't there. And so then he counseled us. Um, and it was just like, by the time I was kind of out the door with the marriage, it was just like, I got to give him something to do so he can stay focused. So I met a guy and um, he was like, yeah, I'm with the prison ministry. I was like, the what? He was like, yeah, we go to the prisons. We talk to the inmates and, you know, we, we, we try to preach to him, you know, give him some word. For real? He was like, yeah, we do it every Monday night. I was like... Sign me up. How can I sign up? He was like, oh, just give me your name and your phone number. Wasn't no sign-up sheet. Just give me your name and your phone number. He emailed me, you know, gave me where they meet on Monday nights. I went, and the first night I went, it was like walking into that jail, you know, on the opposite side, you know, putting up your, your phone and stuff so you can't take it upstairs. Mm -hmm. It felt different, but it was surreal because I'm like, here it is. I'm walking back in the jail. From the front door. But it's not me <laughs> going in there, right? Yeah. And so we went. And um, the first, I would say the first two times, I was pretty quiet because it was new for, new for me. Right. I mean, I listened to everybody, you know, um, and, and I was kind of quiet. And so the facilitator, one time we went, it, I don't know what happened, but as I start releasing myself and start telling these guys kind of my past, even the facilitators and the brothers I was with, they was looking at me like, wow, <laughs> what? 
And so, like you were saying, you know, you wouldn't imagine that about yeah, me. Yeah. But, you know, my past, I'm not, I don't shy away from my past anymore because I feel like it, it has full circle brought me to where I am today. It become your testimony. I mean, fully. Nothing to be high, nothing to be scared of. And that's what I'm so excited with you coming with me about. Because a lot of men that I meet, um, the mental illness, the depression, yes. is so strong. Yes. Because they feel like it's, it's such ruin. That all this, this this place is such ruin. There's no way of fixing this up. Right. And then for somebody who who been in a ruined world. Right. I was part of the ruins. Right. This is example of this is giving me hope. Right. Okay. Okay. They're the they're the light to this thing. There's right. there's a way out of this thing, and it's all about restoring that hope in in in, in, in people. Um. I. Uh, and again, everybody, everybody's story is different mm -hmm. as to how they ended up there. Mm -hmm. It's all about choices. I'm not. I don't take down on oh, that. Yeah. Nobody got to jail by accident. <laughs> not and, at all. You know, or there are some people who are doing a lot more time they should be doing. Correct. Uh, and not all men that I know that go to jail that I feel should be out. Right. One guy got out recently, and I saw where his life was going. I said, you know what? If I had my way, you'd be back in tomorrow. Wow. Because you, you, you know. And then another guy who got out early and came back to the prison he was scared to come to church mm. and at Patuxent when you go in you have to go down to the hall down where the school is mm -hmm. and I'm walking you know and I, every time I walk I'll go past the laundry room and other things he's always avoiding me because he knows I'm there every Sunday night right I go down one hallway one night and there he was I came up behind him I said yo and he was jumping I'm like oh dang it I said so you're back here the Chris look I said oh wait wait before you say something I got a question to ask you. He says, what? Man, go ahead, Chris. I says, imagine if you made me a Thanksgiving turkey. Big old juicy, succulent Thanksgiving turkey. You took your time and you seasoned it. You put it in the oven. Now, I normally keep my turkey in the oven for four or five hours. Right. But you did yours after two and a half hours. Right. You look in there, it's nice and golden brown. You see juices bleeding down the side. Oh yes, and the house smells wonderful. You take the turkey out the oven. You put it on the table. It smells good. It looks good. Yours is two and a half hours. Mine only four or five, but you did good. You go to stick a knife in that turkey, and it bleeds. What do you do with the turkey? You throw it away. Put it back, put it in, the back oven. in the oven because it's not quite ready yet. Wow! I said you're back in the oven now. That's all it is. I'm, wow! I can't, I can't throw you away. That was tough. I can't do that. That was tough. You just got out. You smelled good. You that was a good. hell of an analogy, brother. And it was you look like the brother wow. that shipped me home. Wow! But when we put you through the fire, you didn't quite make it. Right. So I can't throw you away. Right. If I see you in the hallway, I can't say, oh, no, man, you think I'm going to say, dude, you, right. you fake. And that's why he avoid no. you. Right. Get back in the oven, bro. Because mm -hmm. watch this. When I put you back in the oven, you ain't got to start all over again. You just continue where you From left where you started. That's a good analysis. And we'll keep you there, and we'll check on you. Right. I'll keep chopping. I'll stick the thermos in you just to make sure. Are well, you good. This time, when you get out, you won't bleed. Right. This time you get out. You're going to be just what we needed. Wow. That's all it is. I tell brother this analogy all the time. Don't feel like you are hopeless because you got out and you're back in. Yeah. You fell for it. The system wants you back in. No, forget all that. You just wasn't ready. Yet. I think, but I even think for me, though, I, it was, and I tell people all the time, I mean, you know, it wasn't that, it wasn't that I didn't know. 
right. what I was doing wasn't wrong. I mean, excuse my friends, I just didn't, I just didn't care. Yeah. I, I just, I, I would just, I was, I mean, I think the first time I caught my first, first, first charge, I think I was 14. When you went back to jail, what was your, what your mentality? So I think by the time, you know, I did, you know, you know, Oak Hill, um, I went Oak up, Hill, wow. I, I went up to, uh, it was a little uh, school in Baltimore called Hickey School. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was at Hickey School for a little while. You know, I think by the time I got to like Upper Marlboro status, I mean, meaning that I was like, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm 16, 17, but now I'm in here with with grown men mm-hmm. versus being in, you know, in in like a camp type setting with kids my age. Because I mean, when I was, you know, 16, 17, I had hair on my face, so guys thought I was older. So I took advantage of that and, you know, used that to my to my advantage. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time I was getting counseling, and the counselor told me she was like, Kevin. You've led people in a way where you didn't understand that you were a leader because you were just leading them to bad stuff. She said, can you imagine if you turn that around and lead them to some good stuff? So I think coming full circle, that's kind of where I'm at now. Because when I went in for the for the longest stint that I went in, um, I remember bunking with an older guy. I think, I think he was probably 50 plus. And I think my first night, you know, I was just sitting there quiet. I was doing my push-ups, you know, whatever, just trying to, you know, kind of meditate. And he just looked at me. You ain't supposed to be in here, champ. I said, I said, why you say that? He said, look at you. You ain't supposed to be in here. He said, you ain't said a word to me yet, and I can tell you're not supposed to be in here. I said, well, how you say that? How, 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 how you figure that? He was just like, bruh, I'm just going to tell you. When they unlock that door in the morning, stay on my hip, and you be all right. I was like, stay on your hip. I ain't no sucker. I, I, can, I can handle myself. He was like, that's not what I'm saying, bro. He said, when you got in here last night, you and them other five dudes that got in here last night, the COs walked around to every cell to let us know it was fresh meat in here. So when they get up in the morning, they looking for we'll some new faces. And they will get you. And they come and smack <laughs> at you in the morning. He said, so again, when we get up, stay on my hip. And so in my mind, I've been in a couple times, so I kind of know what that means, and I'm not stupid. But I stayed on his hip because he was a cool dude, and it was the way he came at me. Right. So we went to breakfast. We we went outside, got some rec, you know, went to the rec yard or whatever. And it was just like, as we started talking, you know, he just asked me, you know, where was I from? You know, why I was not necessarily why I was there, but where was I from? Where did I grow up? Kind of find out his his nephew I went to school with. So it was like, we we definitely got closer then. Mm-hmm. So then I remember one time he had him on the phone and he came and got me and I was talking to him on the phone. So it was like this little bond that we had. And so by the time I came home, you know, I think in my mind, the thing that got me, and it's, it's, it might be funny, but I remember my brother and, my, and one of my, I'm gonna say my brothers, my brother and one of my best friends came and picked me up and they took me to the barbershop. And I remember sitting in the barbershop and I remember getting in my cousin's chair and my cousin is cutting my head and he's talking to me, but he's not talking to me like it's me. He's just like small talk. So he's cutting my hair down because my hair was real long. I had cornrows. He was cutting my hair down. He was cutting the beard off. And I remember him cutting my hair down. He started shaping the front of my head up. He looked, he was like, Kim. I was like, what's up, Jay? He was like, man, stop playing you home. I was like, yeah. And it was in that moment that I was like, wow. Me being locked up, he didn't even notice who I was. So full circle, when I walked in the door before I got the cornrows and the long hair, the old head was like, you ain't supposed to be in here. 
even knowing. Not even knowing when I got home, that was the reaction that my cousin was going to give me. It was like, okay, what's going on? So I think that, you know, a lot of the stuff that I did when I was younger, it wasn't that I didn't know what I was doing. It was just like, again, I just didn't care. And it was just like, I had this... I had what, this. What was your home life like as a kid? So, your father, so, so my mother and father was divorced. Um, by the time, I want to say by the time I could remember them, like five or six, they were already divorced. And so I know growing up in Southeast, my mother, we lit, we we started out, we we started out in Southeast. My mother got a good government job, and she was working for um, the Hoffman Building as a security guard, federal security guard. And so I remember us moving back to Southeast, bought a house on 6th Street. Um, and then it was just like, by the time I got to junior high school, you know, things had changed. When I was in the sixth grade, I tell a couple people this story. When I was in the sixth, fifth or sixth grade, there was a guy coming to my school every day to beat me up. Every day. Well, I ain't going to say every day. But, but whenever he was at my school and he guy? saw me, I mean, I wasn't small, but I wasn't big. And I wasn't, you know... Um, I, 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 you know, I was, I, 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 people say pretty boy. I don't like to use that term, but I wasn't dusty. Right. Right. And so whenever he saw me, it was a fight. You know, are oh, you talking to my girl? I'm, you know, I'm going to come up here and whoop your ass. All right. So it got to the point where I got tired of that. Like, I just, like, we, we, police showed up one time. They got my information. They came to my house. They mediated a, um, uh, what would uh, the police come for? Well, well, I mean, he was whooping my ass really bad, and um, the police was just driving past, oh. and so they stopped it. You know, wow. they they came on stopped it. So um, I remember one time um, we had mediation. His mother was there, my mother was there, both of us was there, and just in the mediation, it was just like this, this, this ain't this don't mean nothing. This ain't this ain't this dude not gonna stop coming down to my school. And so I remember one time um, it happened again. And I'm going home and a bloody shirt and an old head on 6th Street was like, what's up? What's, what's going on? Why you crying? I was like, man, I'm tired of this dude, man. He keep coming up to my school, beat me up, man. I'm some tired. I'm tired of this. He was like, all right, man. He said, man, when you get yourself together, come back and holler at me. Bring $50 with you. Okay. So I remember my father and my, and my man, which is on IG today, because my, my father uh, had a birthday um, <clears throat> on, on, on the 8th. Um, and I miss him. So I posted this picture, you know, and my man was like, I remember when your father used to pull up in the truck and used to give you and your brother money. And I remember when I used to come out there, he used to give me money too. I was like, yeah, that's how my father was. And so I remember my father had gave me some money in that moment. And I found myself walking back up 6th Street to meet the old head. I was like, I got that $50. What you, what you going to give me? He was like, come on. So he walked me back, like, closer to the alley, lifted up to this brick, handed me a 38. Oh, and a, oh, and a couple bullets. Oh, are you serious? And he was like, this how you put him in. This how you load it. All you do is cock back and shoot. I was like, all right. I stuck it in my pants. Went home. And I know the next time the dude came to my school, I was like, not today, bruh. And I think from that you point. You him? Oh, I did more than showed him because he thought I was playing. So I had to shoot it in the air one time. So I shot it in the air. Oh he was God. like, oh, what you going to do with that? Then I pointed it at him. And I think at the point of me shooting it in the air, kind of, you know, and then pointing it at him, he was like, oh, nah, I ain't messing with Slim no more. And he never messed with me again. But that was the turning point of my life. From that point on, for a long time, I never walked around without a gun, ever. 
Was that because you felt empowered by it or you felt like you couldn't live without it? Both. Because I like I say, I wasn't I wasn't a thug. I wasn't a you know, I wasn't um you know, somebody who was disrespectful. I wasn't somebody who grew up without morals. I knew what was going on, but I felt like in the moment of where I am, I'm always going to get tested. Why? Because I'm a clean dude, clean cut, mother keep our clothes clean. You know, my brother had a little man complex too, but he, he would fight though. And so I would fight too, but I just, I didn't see the point in fighting. I didn't like to fight. You know what I mean? But at that moment, getting that gun in my hand, that changed everything. As a, as one of the old heads myself, <laughs> I know I talked to a lot of guys my age and older. I'm in the middle of my 50s right now. Uh, and and I, I get bothered when I hear us tell the younger age, man, here's how we did it. Uh-uh, you can't compare how we did it to how they did it. Yeah, because they we, doing it different. When we was a kid, you know, what fight means, let's go. Yeah. You didn't fight nobody that wasn't your size. And right. if you did, you had brothers and sisters. Right. Well, you hit one, right. like in the bars. You hit one, you got 50 of them come exactly. behind you. Exactly. I came from a big family. You hit, we may beat each other up. We may yell at each other, but you hit one of us. It's a rap. Look around the corner. Here they come. <laughs> right. No games or nothing. Right. It was us. And so I, I, there was a young man here in D.C. about three years ago. Um, he got expelled from a school, a junior high school family guy. Okay. He got expelled in like February that year. He can't come back the rest of the year. And I knew the principal. And um, when I, somebody told me, a third party told me, and I called the principal. I says, I don't know why, but who's this kid? He goes, man, this young boy had a, had a loaded gun in my school. I ain't having that. Hell no, he can't stay here. For some reason, it's bothering me. Can I come to your school tomorrow? I want to meet this kid. He goes, right. he ain't going to be there. He said, well, his mom going to come to pick up his stuff. I said, I want to meet him. Okay. And then, can you arrange the meeting? He goes, because I know you, yeah. He brought the kid to school, and the boy was upset because he didn't want to leave school. I said, I want you to tell him I'm not a cop. I'm, you know, I'm not reporting nothing. You got a gun. They caught you with the gun. It was loaded, right? Tell me why. And at first, he didn't want to tell me because he thought I wasn't going to listen. So I'm looking right in the eye. He says, son, why did you have a gun? He says, because you old motherfuckers don't know what we have to go through just to get to school. Mm. He said, I done told mom. I done told these mother so-and-so's here. No one listens to me. He's a little nerdy-looking kid. Just like yourself, somebody <clears throat> gave him a gun. And so he takes his gun, and he says he had to get on, walk four blocks to the bus, then bus to the to Minnesota Avenue Metro Station, mm. and take that all the way up and somewhere and he says, you don't understand that whole route. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired of the niggas Minis looking at my shoes, yeah. looking at my coat. He yeah. says, I have to carry it. Yeah. Then when he gets to school, what he normally does, he stops before he gets to school and hides the gun somewhere. Right. Goes to school and come out the back door and get this gun and keep it in his bag all right. day long. Exactly. He ain't planning on taking the school down. Right. He ain't planning on shooting nobody. But I'm not going to be, no, you're not beating me up. Like and I think, and I think it, and it was the same thing for me because I was just like, I just, what, what do I do? I what mean, do you do? we've been to the police. We talked to your mother. Your mother, you know, had the type of attitude that right. it don't matter. So I'm like, what do I do? So I told my friend, I said, listen to what this boy is saying. <clears throat> so now you want to snatch his education the rest of this year because he's doing all he know to do. Right. We're not helping him to protect himself. We're not giving him nothing. Right. We're telling him when we were your age, we made it. Well, it don't happen that way no more. Exactly. It's a journey. Yeah. Just to get home from school. Yeah. 
he has got to strategically find a way. That's we didn't do that coming up. We yeah. went to school and came, we home. came home. That's it. And I, said, I mean, you might, you know, might, you might have crossed paths with some dudes in another neighborhood. Exactly, you had to fight, but, but you knew what you had. Exactly. He got the boy back in school, and I'm happy to say that particular principal, it woke him up. He started talking to other kids. Found out that it was happening. There were other guns in school exactly, and knives and girls exactly, had cans of mace. Exactly. You know what? What talked to me? Y'all so busy trying to fill the school up and reach capacity and exactly. get funds and all that, mm -hmm. kid. And and and, and when y'all shut schools up because of uh, bad weather. Kid ain't happy because that's the only meal they gonna get that's during the day. That's true. You know, there's a whole lot going on. That's true. There's very few daddies involved with these kids, y'all. Yeah. Partner them up. Yeah. And so I, I can really appreciate that you survived that war. Yeah. You, 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 you were, you were, <laughs> you came through World War Five. You know, on your, and, and you, yeah. and you, you had the war wounds internally to deal with it. Yeah. But I want to, see, I want the young men and women. It's funny because all my kids have been to <clears> prison with me. Okay. All three of them have, and my mother, um, the one who got me. I saw her. I saw her video. Dude, I saw her testimony. I love her God, you don't understand. She's the one who pushed me from day one. But she, I have been going for so many years. And said, "Mom, you need to come with me." Oh, 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 no, no. <laughs> yes, I said, "Mom, she's crazy, dangerous, dangerous." Mm. I go every week. I said, "Mom, you're safe in the That's jail the when you're on the street." Exactly. How? I said, "Mom, on the street, you don't know who behind your door." Yeah. In the prison, they they know where they there's cameras they're everywhere. We we, we, we know what's what. You ain't going yeah. nowhere. Yeah. And, and so, so the first time she went, we driving <clears> down the road. She had me by my leg. I'm driving. Every time I turn, she got my leg. The mom, we ain't there yet. Okay. <laughs> and then we pulled into MCIJ in Jessup. She saw this huge campus-looking thing with all their barbed wire. She says. Chris, how are we gonna get in there, Mom? They have a door. Okay. They have a gate in the yeah, door. And she has she had metal hips from a hip replacement, so she had her card in the, in the car. She had to show lady a card to verify she had the hips. Right. We walked through security and all that. We had to walk along the side, and when she got into prison, the landscape was beautiful, flowers and bushes. She says, "Chris, this is the prison." I said, "Yeah, Mom. These men did this. It's they, that free labor. They do. Yeah. Then when we get to the chapel." She said, you're not going to make me say nothing. I said, nope. She said, would there be police? I said, ain't nobody inside the room but us and the guys. The officer sits outside the room. Mm -hmm. She said, the pulpit, I'll be on the keyboard. Mm -hmm. So she came in. I saw her looking. These young men look like me, like you. Mm -hmm. Like him, like her grandchildren. Mm -hmm. They look like, and she said, they look like Junior. He like little Chris. Mm -hmm. And she got, the, and I'm sitting there, I said, Young fellas, before we go any further, this woman in front with the blue dress on, y'all give her some love. This is my mama. The guys went crazy. Out of respect. Mama got up. She started singing her song. <laughs> well, excuse me. Started playing for You her. good now. And she started talking. She started, <laughs> loved her. Yeah. And so it's funny because when we got ready to leave, she's just hugging all these guys. There you go. I said, this is hard. I told one of my guys, they said, look what she's talking over there. She don't know what she's talking so we get to the car. She said, oh, Chris, that was, yo, young man, he was so nice. What's he in jail for? I said, oh, he's doing a double life sentence. Mm -hmm. Double life for what? Killed two women with his bare hands. And, and, she, and she was blown that somebody who looked like her own children. Yeah. And so she developed. She didn't get scared. She wanted to go back. Exactly. She came back again and again. Right. And every time she comes, I'm going to tell you this testimony. That video you saw, the the first video, mm -hmm. the guy that we interviewed in that video, mm -hmm. he was doing life plus twenty years, 
And after my mother wasn't in that room when we interviewed him, but she was in the other room speaking. Okay. So after he came out, she she told him she says, "Come here." She said, "God, I got something for you bigger than this. You just keep on, you keep on holding on." Right. Inmates started laughing. Uh, mother Tate, he got life plus twenty. I don't know what that means, but anyway, God got something for you. Wow. Look, thank you. He had tears running down his face. He started laughing at him. And every time she came back, she would tell him the same thing. And then when she, right before she died, she asked me, she said, how's he doing? He's still hanging in there. God's got something for the young man. She died last year. And when I finally went back to that prison about a month later, they were so sad. They loved my mom. I said, mom said, God got something for you. This year, April the 6th, I had lunch with him on his back porch of his mom's house. Wow. He's home. Wow. Life plus 20. He's home. Wow. He's home. Wow. He's home. Life plus Life 20. Life plus 20. He's, he didn't go back to trial. He didn't get retried. They sent him home. What? They sent, I, I have a video on Facebook. I, I interviewed him on a live video. And I said, if my mother can live to see this. Oh, my God. He's home. She done went off. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's you, you just, you don't know God's plan. You really, 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 really don't know his plan. But it works. And I, I'm, and, and we can't do nothing about politics. Dallas can't do nothing about police. Can't right. do nothing about people. It's right. up to us as, as men. Right. As black men. That's why I'm so glad we connected. Right. I'm hoping even people who listen to your podcast understand there's hope for us. Don't right. we have a, you know. God forbid he gets elected again, which I doubt with all this impeachment going yeah, on. Yeah, nah. If someone, if, if another one of him get elected, because yeah. we got a bunch of them out here now. Yeah, that's true. We can't give up. We can't give up. We're yeah. the presidents. We're the congressmen. We're the Republicans. I mean, the, the Democrats, all of that. We got to be the ones. And and if we don't do what our kids got. And so I, we, I was looking at a video, and I happened to talk to um, one of my friends about it the other day, and just wanted to see if you had saw this. Did you see um, the opening of Tyler Perry Studios? Jesus Christ. So I just felt like for me, kind of just watching it on, you know, Instagram, and it was a friend of mine who had maybe like a... Like David Bennable was there. He was there. Yeah. I saw him on the red carpet with uh, T.D. Jakes, yeah. and he, uh, Oprah was being interviewed. He was standing right behind her, and somebody had like a 10-minute video where they show, you know, kind of, you know, just the it's front a, gate. And Paramount, Disney, all and put, all of them put, put together. together. Owned by a man who three, used to live in his car. Three... 130 acres I was like listen I know that throughout his career people had stuff to say about him because he was a man who wore a dress yes. and so in my mind I was like but guess what though the uh the Wayans did it yeah Martin did it yeah so why why, why y'all wasn't talking about why y'all weren't talking about them like the Eddie, the Eddie Murphy did it <laughs> you know so why y'all not talking about them but here it is I'm not saying that he surpassed anybody but look at what this man did with his empire and look how many people he's put on and got and not just actors he said all these people who got turned down in hollywood you come here exactly you come to your film here you exactly. come, makeup artists y'all come here exactly hairdressers y'all come all you small exactly. guys who go to Cannes film festival and you can't go to you come here exactly we finally got a home dude exactly. i got chills watching that and so i don't know you know you said you got chills and when i watched it the first the first time you know, a tear came out of my eye because I was just like, I I get so tired of us talking down on mm -hmm. us to the point where 
we don't know each other's struggles. We don't, we don't know, know each baby. other's. We don't. We don't. You know, we don't know what we're dealing with. And so if somebody walked down the street right now and was talking to himself or whatever, I wouldn't assume anything about that person. The only thing I would do was look and keep going. Yep. But if that person decided to ask me for help or whatever, I know me. I would, man, like, man I got, maybe I got like two or three dollars, champ. I'll get that to you. Something. That's all I can do. Watching Tyler Perry is like watching Obama when he became Man. president. I remember during his when he was going for president, Jesse Jackson was they were interviewing him in Chicago. I don't know if you saw the interview. And in between takes, they thought he didn't know the camera was still rolling, the microphone was on. He called Obama a dumb nigga. And I they, re- they got it. I, rem- I remember that. Come on, dude. Really? And after all that, when Obama walked across that stage, that first black president. I felt like I became president. Yeah. When Tyler Perry got that studio, I felt like I got a new studio now. Yeah. This is the same man who they laughed, like you said, with the dresses. Laughed at, yeah. Call him gay, call him all, all that. Stuff. He ain't this. Exactly. I, he, he got a baby. He get married and he's in the closet. Oh, you looking at all that. You looking at, oh, this is the same man when when uh, Katrina hit. Right. He didn't, he didn't donate to charities he took his money he went to new orleans yep. and started buying clothes for people himself yep. giving out cash out of his own hand to your hand because yep. people were saying they wouldn't get that money from yep. the red cross and all that they wasn't he went and bought beds he went and bought things himself and when you do good to people god will enlarge your territory right. every time right this thing here is something it's, it's powerful. Probably one of the biggest accomplishments they've ever seen in yeah. our life powerful man and I'm I'm praying it's that it pulls us and makes because there's it could be the first of many. Right. First of many. Smackley right. could have did this a long time ago. Right. Oprah could have did it. Right. Oprah did the school over now. And, 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 and they and they talked about the little beef between him and Spike yep. Lee. Yep. And when they start showing the buildings, the sound stages. Come I was on, like, man. Wow. Wow. I said, man, that's we'll tough, man. I, I said, if that's not, I said, if that's not, I mean, even, I mean, even if you, even if you in the street and you decided not to be in the street <clears throat> and a friend of mine, you know, got his own, um, 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 HVA, is, it, is that right? HVAC, HVAC yeah. company, right? And he was talking about how his credit score was like 800. He had just went and bought a Maybach or whatever. And I was like, man, I'm proud of you, man. Good job. I said, but now we got to reciprocate that. Now you got to take that back to the hood and show other guys to learn and teach them how to do what you did. Don't get what you get and run. Right. Can't do that. You got to take it back. And so for me, I feel like, you know, prison ministry, you know, um, you know, trying to go and talk up Baloo, you know, I'm getting a little, you know, flack from that. Like they ran my background and it was like, you know, they they digging up stuff that was in 05, I mean, uh, in 94, 95, 05. You know, you know, the Charles I talked about in 95, you know, oh, I'm like, I mean, this is 14, 15, 16 years ago. Why, why are we talking about this? I'm trying to volunteer. I'm not trying to, you know, um, <laughs> I'm not trying to do nothing crazy in the school. I just want to go get back to my community. And it's like I'm having a hard time with that. So I got to get um, letters of recommendation. I got them. But now I got to go back down there. Go over whatever paperwork they want me to go over. Give them, give them these letters of recommendation and see what happens. So I'm not gonna give up on, you know, volunteering up blue because. Come with me to the prison. I'll give you a big old letter of recommendation. That's what's up. They can see you going back into a that's a, what's up. To a maximum security prison. Yeah. A prison that you. I mean, in I mean, I mean, because, I mean, I mean, because I feel like I graduated from blue. 
And I feel like it's a lot of good things that come out of War 8. Lots. It's a lot of good things that come out of War 7. But people don't see it because of their perception. Like you said, your mother, when she perceived what jail was going to look like. When people come, you know, to, to War 8 and they hear that you're from Southeast, they automatically got a perception. But when this they see what, me... This what, their ideas of things coming better out the hood what happened on 8th street when white folk buy everything up right and they put uh, a trolley on the street that don't make no sense at all only block traffic they spent all that money when they could have been feeding folks oh my God. i would never understand that never it, it only goes from you don't station. go nowhere it stop at the golf course it don't even go to union station dude i mean it go to where that's going at exactly i mean and it, it's it's and not it's all not for that us. money Man. it's not for us and it blocks traffic I used to live over there, River Terrace, man. Okay. Trying to come up 8th Street exactly. in rush hour, spinning exactly. road. Hell, yeah. dude. Oh, I'm here. But they do this kind of stuff, and they call that improving neighborhood. Now they didn't buy everything up. No. How about when we right. come back? Exactly. We get out, and we get ourselves together, we come back. That's right. what you call improving neighborhood. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. People leave, and they don't come back. The people you leave, know? They, you know, they, they, they sell, and they don't come back. And I think... You know, it's interesting because my brother and I, you know, he, he, he just called me a couple weeks ago and was telling me how, you know, both our names are on the deed of this house. And we've had this house on 6th Street since 1983. Wow. And, and it's like we, we don't, you know, even when we heard about MGM, when we heard about Na the National Harbor, we wasn't even thinking about selling them. But when we heard about all of that, it was like, sell for what? Like, it's, if we do decide to sell before they build a harbor, I think at the time the house was like... Um, Five hundred thousand. Can you imagine what what would it sell for now if we decided to do it? I said, but it ain't even about that. It's about if something happens to one of our kids, if something happens to one of us, we got somewhere we can call home without having to ask anybody to do anything. Yeah. And so when I talk to you know people and they doing the same thing, it's like it, it, there are people out here that are like minded, and I like that. But it's not enough of us that are like minded. And so I think for me, going back to high school. Or talking to the youngsters when I see them. The reason why I pull out to them is because when I see them, I see me. Because I was one of them. I mean, I was one of these dudes that was disrespectful, you know, uh, towards the police, towards authority figures, you know, towards my mother. And I remember one time I was on Facebook and a guy was like, out the blue, you know, how many men on Facebook right now can say that they've been taught or had black men in their life in school? I'll wait. And to him, it was like a joke. And for me, I was like, well, off the top of my head, I can think of nine. Come on. He was like, nine. I said, yeah, Mr. Lee, uh, Mr. Price, uh, Dr. Jackson. I would just start naming them. He was like, what? I was like, yeah, I had a lot of men in my life. And I think that when people see me, you know, people that really don't know me when I go on vacation, mm -hmm. they say, you got an old soul. And I don't know, I don't, I don't understand why they say that, but the more I think about what I've been through, I know exactly what they mean exactly. Be because my my composure is so calm to the they point where to come full circle yet. Right. Not yet. Right. You're too young for the come full circle. <laughs> right. Exactly. You got more gray up in there. How old are you? you I'm 41. You 41. You look like you 25. Oh, I ain't nowhere near 25. Nowhere near. And my grandmother drink plenty of lemon water. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother uh, just turned 95. You refuse to be consumed. By what you've been through, yeah, and it's so easy for us to be, and we can't fault people that are, right? You know, I, I hate seeing people that talk down on people that are consumed. People are consumed because that's all they know, right? I mean, if you think about, it, there are women that I know who, back in the sixties, I remember in the seventies, I remember watching videos of uh, women who was giving her, her, she told Oprah, she said that um, 
the first two husbands she's had, they beat her so bad. By the time she got to the third one, she wanted to divorce him. Oprah says, why? I didn't think he loved me. She said, why? Did he beat you? No, because he wouldn't beat me. Wow. Oprah says, what? She said, yeah. They were taught then, that means I love you. Man. You know, I'm beating you because I expect good out of you. Now she had a man who was coming home, mm -hmm. talking soft. Mm -hmm. She thought he was gay. Yeah, right. And when we argue, I get louder than him. Mm -hmm. No, no, he's that's wrong. A, and, and it's funny you bring that up because that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. And again, the, we have been, like I said at the beginning of this, the analogy of being cut from head to toe. You've been cut so bad that when you heal my finger, that's cool, but look right. at the rest of me. Exactly. Dallas, little 10 years is cute. Yeah. But all them mamas whose sons are in morgues and right. bodies up on the ground again, never been, right. you know, we watched, we watched the Trayvon Martin thing right. happen. And you still say this man is, what? Right. Not guilty. I mean, we. how do you explain these wounds? And, 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 it's, and it's crazy because I, I met a family, like I told you earlier, I met a family, a young lady reached out to me on Facebook and she sent me some information about her son. And, and, and it hit me because... I had watched this on live, and when she sent me the information, I was like, wait, I watched this live. So when I got in contact with her, I mean, it was something in my spirit. It was like, look, I do have a platform. I just got started. I'm not saying I'm big. I said, but I will help you however I can. Yeah, and, so, territory, and, and, and so I went and, you know, I got a friend of mine because I know how to use my resources. I got a homie. He's a photographer, videographer. We went out. We recorded the ceremony, you know, the event. Uh, we talked. We, we interviewed a couple people. I mean, he, he showed me a rough draft of the, of the of the interview, plus all of the stuff that he added to it. And I was just shaking my head, like I did not plan on that happening. Like I did not plan on it being the way he set it up. And so when I sent her the rough draft, you could just hear it in her voice. She was like, "Kevin, I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to talk to you, but I, you know, I got all these tears coming out my face." She said, "But I'm gonna tell you this." Bro, I'm feeling. She it right was now. like, <laughs> "I appreciate you so much." She said, "Because I got people in my family who haven't even thought of doing something like this for me and my son." I said, "But at the end of the day, for me, it hit me one because I grew up in War Eight. When he got shot, I went to school less than five blocks than where he got shot and where he got killed." I said, "So at the end of the day, for me, it's not for fame. It's not for you know notoriety. It's." Muriel Bowser needs to do her job. Chief Newsom needs to do do his job. I mean, in, in doing this this project, I'm gonna call it a project, I learned about eight other families of kids, men, young men, who got shot and killed by the police. Families don't know why it happened, ain't seen the ain't seen the body camera footage, but Muriel Bowser spent five million dollars on this body camera campaign, and it's only it, it, it's the only oversight that it has is the Metropolitan Police Department. Jesus. Nobody else has oversight on it. So she's been fighting them for a year to get this footage. And she got five minutes of it. And that five minutes, she said, Kevin, it was horrific. I never saw anything in his hand. Well, let me tell you, bro. It, it, a, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. I never claimed it's to be. crazy. I believe in speaking life in the people. I want you to take a picture of this right here. Because God's going to take this and give you your Tyler Perry moment. Wow. You be faithful. Wow. You be diligent in what you're doing. You keep, when you told me that you offered her, I don't have much, but I want to give you my platform. Yeah. You keep doing that. Yeah. 
I promise you God's going to increase your territory. And those who turn you away yeah. will one day come looking for you. Bimbaloo people, right. it's okay. Don't get mad at them. I don't. Just write it down. Right. Because it's coming back. Right. Those that turn you away because they can't forget the yesteryears of Ooh, Kevin. Right. They found something. They, oh, oh, no, we don't, we don't need him. Okay, let them go. Right. You take a picture of this moment right here, that one microphone right there, and you watch when this thing comes. It's not going to be long either. When you look at your Tyler Perry moment, I started right here. I started with the microphone on the table. Right. Talking. Right. In my own podcast that I had to put together. Right. Now I got a staff of people. I have a right. committee. I got people. I got board members. I got people that I pay good money to do this. I promise you, bro, you be faithful with a little bit. And keep, because this is, the thing about it is you don't have to go far to find them. Right. There's, there's so much damage. If we walk in this room right now. And did a survey. There's some damaged people sitting in this room. Absolutely. People that walk past us. Absolutely. They look good. Hair is done. Beard nice and shaven. But I promise you, peel back the layers. Yeah. It's bad. Right. But they don't know where to go. We don't have nothing anymore. Right. Some churches, I love the church, but some churches don't even do it. Yeah, that's true. They're all about building their, making their brand, building who they are. That's true. Building their empire. I mean, I got guys in New York that I went to school with, and they like, man, we up top listening to you. Come I was on, like, bro, what? For I'm real? You. I went to Mexico. I just recently went to Mexico for a friend of mine's wedding. And, you know, um, I, I do have some merchandise, so I, I'll definitely get you a shirt. But I had, you know, I had my shirt. Um, my other buddy who came, he had my shirt on. So it was a guy who was getting in the pool. He was like, six man? I was like, huh? He was like, six man podcast? I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's my podcast. He was like, yeah, I saw your man in the lobby. He said, man, me and my wife been listening to it since we've been here. What? He said, yeah, we we looked at I don't think you realize, We, we Googled your you name, realize, and man. it came up on you, um, you I, iTunes, and we... You don't realize wow. what you're about I was to like, do, wow. And so I think for me, you know, I think everything that I have been through keeps me so humble. Like, I don't, you know, like, I don't... Um, I don't take it like, oh man, yeah, that's me. Good job. I just take it like, damn, wow, thank you. We're getting there. Right, thank you. Like, I see, wow. I see you telling me what I'm feeling from you that I haven't arrived, right. but we're we're arriving. Man, we're getting there. I'm trying. I can't leave you back. I'm trying. I can't leave you back. No, 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 not one left behind. I can't. Yeah. I can't. That's why this this whole prison thing. People tell me all the time, Chris, you do too much. You, but uh, that you may be too much to you. Like on a Sunday, I'll do. Three churches, music, whatever. Then I hit the prisons. I do maybe two, three prisons in the day, and it, it may seem like a lot to other people. Yeah. This is what I'm built to do. That's true. And my mother told me before she left you, son, promise me you'll never stop. And I'm gonna say that now. I got my mama's approval. I can't right. stop this. Right. You know, it, it's, it's some it's some comfortability with it. I mean, because you 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 you've been locked up. You you know what it feels like. And when they hear you talking, it's like. This dude been locked up. I, that's why I need you. He, he, he know what it felt like. All the time. <laughs> One of the guys asked me, so where were you at? Where were we at? I've never been locked up. Right. Chris, are you serious? No, because average people who do this right. have a history of it. Right. My locked up came from being victimized by people. I was raped as a child. And oh, wow. I have a lot that built me who I am now. Right. Um, but I, I refuse to be beneath and victimized and we walk around like I, like people owe me something no 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 I take it all I recycle it 
recycle and put it back out there. Somebody got to be free from this. Somebody got to be right. um, delivered from this. And I've seen thousands of men in the years. I mean, literally thousands. Um, one young man who just got home two days ago. He thought he was doing eight more years. God gave him favor. Cause mm. he gave favor. I mean, so, That's what's up. Like I said, there's some who I, I see come home early. And there's some I don't. Uh, you need to go back up in there. You're not ready yet. Right. But I'm I'm looking forward to everything that God has, man. I'm I can't wait now. <laughs> right. To get you up right. in there, bro. Right. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about programs beside the one that you brought. Right. I got other things that are coming up just to get you right. in there. Right. They need to see this. Right. That's true. I'm broken. I appreciate but I'm, that. I'm, but I'm not destroyed. Right. So 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 just to reiterate, tell everybody the name of the program that you want me to go into, and then if somebody wants to find you and if they want to get involved, you know, how do they find you and get involved? Once a year, we do fatherhood within the walls, and I take ten men minimum. I invite about twelve to fourteen, just in case a few men back out what they do for whatever reason last minute. But we go, we walk in with ten men, and we go into the prison and we talk to men who. Uh, who have children, children that come visit them, some that don't come visit them, uh, men who are coming back home to other men that have raised their kids, other family members who have raised their kids. They have to deal with circumstances and situations, and, you know, we don't want them to feel like you got to wing it. Right. Uh, the purpose of bringing you and other men that are coming in there, y'all going to work with these men on some scenarios that they come up with to help them learn that, okay, now that you've done your time, move on right you don't have to do your time again when you get home right you know there's a way of fitting back in your child's life and your child can still have a good childhood right even if you were in prison the rest of your life right you can still connect with your children right uh, one of the guys that brought in before he was telling them when your children come to visit you have them bring your homework right not that you gonna make them do it have them teach you how to do it. Right. Even though you know what you, you know it already. Right. It gives them kids a sense of responsibility. Exactly. And then the kids are coming to visiting, bringing their books, teaching their right. dad the algebra and the geometry. Dad right. already knows it, but the kid think they don't. That's so now up. that connection is there. Right. So, I mean, this is what you guys are coming in to re-empower these guys. Right. There are men in prison who don't want to come home. Right. Why? Because they, they, they don't think they can make it out here. Right. They're scared. They don't have, they don't have the resources. But when men like you come in um, to this program, they're going to see I got hope coming home. So that's November 16th. When we go, um, uh, I'm excited about it. Um, we got this time I picked up to 10 new guys. Okay. None of you guys, maybe two or three of you already know each other. Okay. But these are men, different walks of life, different levels. Okay. Um, young and old, it's going to be incredible to see y'all come together. I'm not looking for psychologists and professionals. No. Professional dad is a man who's here, who's right. survived. Right. You That's know? true. And to me, your story already got me excited. I'm like, wow. <laughs> right. tell, tell everybody where they can find you if they wanna if they wanna find get in me. contact with you. I don't do Instagram. My kids when my kids got Instagram years ago, they wouldn't let me get on. Okay. Instagram, I don't want you follow us on Instagram. So I do Facebook. Can well you can get them, I mean what what you can give them your Facebook or your YouTube Tate, channel. Christopher Taylor Facebook. Um, same thing on YouTube, Christopher Taylor YouTube. Okay. Um, Minister Christopher Taylor, you can use that on YouTube, but just Christopher Taylor on Facebook. Uh, my page is public. Okay. So there's nothing private on my page. And okay. I, I keep it public, so I have close to 5,000 friends and almost 10,000 followers there. Okay. Um, anytime you want to know about what I'm doing, want to tune in, I do a lot of live videos about what I'm doing. Uh, I try to help. I don't like okay. anything negative posted on my wall. Negative comments, you go there, offending people, I delete it. No, 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 no. I don't block people. Me neither. No. 
if you if you if you don't like what I'm doing, you hate yeah, me. You can block you, 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 you can delete yourself. Yeah, you can delete yourself. People tell me the one guy kept telling me, Man, you ain't this, you ain't that, them guys are going to hell. But he keep looking at me. My mama said, "Come to this block." I said, "No, nah, if he doesn't have to keep looking, I'm gonna keep on doing it." So let's so let's do this. I've never done this before because I always try to, you know, give like a last statement. Give give me a last statement for for black men, um, and, and like if you just wanted to inspire them and give them something to to uplift them. You know, if, if somebody came to you today and was like, "Look, I had a bad day," what would you say to them to get them inspired to close the show out? Look in the mirror. That's the president right there. That's the senator right there. That's the governor right there. In other words, you are in charge of your destiny and ours. We can't wait for nobody else. We can't. You know, almost imagine yourself coming home and your brothers and sisters, y'all around the house, mom and dad ain't nowhere around the house is a mess. Mm. Or the people that are in charge, they're not here to do it. So it's up to us to fix this thing up. It's up to us. Stop. There's many excuses we can have. We probably do legitimately have. Let's put that aside right now. The excuse is not going to make no progress at all. Our kids tomorrow is going to be gone if we don't do it. I don't care where you come from. You men that are out there who have been messed up, use your mess up to fix up. Right. Use your mess up to fix somebody. The other men who've been messed up just like you, they feel they can't come up. Whether you're working at McDonald's, Wendy's, or your own Wendy's, it don't matter. Right. No matter how much money you make, the fact that I'm still here, I survived it. Right. Use it. Right. Any, and do like Kevin doing. Any platform you get, whether it's a podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or just walking down the street saying hi. Right. Riding the metro train. Strike up a conversation. Get right. to know us. Let's go back to the old where village raises a village. Right. We can do it. Appreciate it, Chris. Much love to you, man. You Appreciate know that? Six man, y'all. Y'all keep doing y'all thing and be easy out there. Yep. Be, be better than you were yesterday, man. Peace. I'm a six man, I'm a six man, with a six man. Don't need for game plan. You don't know who I am. I leave you in the saddle, homie. I'm a six man. Don't need for game plan. I told you who I am. Come out with a check and you see why I'm a six man. You don't know who I am. I leave you in the saddle, homie. I'm the sixth man. No need for game plans. I told you who I am. Come out here and check me. You see why I'm the sixth man. I'm the sixth man. I'm talking real talk. Talk with the program. I'm the sixth street. I'm the sixth man. I'm talking real talk. We with the program. But they call me Harden, then I made them fit the beard when I rain these tears on all your top tiers. Yeah, the rain for some smoke. You wanna clip up over a hawk? I'm hot, Jamal Crawford, make a blazing trail to the rack. I'm Cliff Robertson. Say your boy's a king with the sack. OG Foxy Jackson. So pardon you, little homie. I know that you don't know, but beyond three, I'm on no mix with Kuko. She getting my Madiso. It's never off her feet. I feel like the Kelly. She know it's in my jeans. So take a look at me. Can do it twice in four years. I feel like you win, so step out here, my man, and get the beat. I'm the sixth street. I'm the sixth man. I'm talking real talk. Here with the program. I'm from sixth street. I'm the sixth man. I'm talking real talk. Here with the program. It's the sixth dog. We all the way to make it.
the figures, making moves, making money, dog, always deliver. It's the Sixth Street, dog. You already know it is. I'm the heartbeat man, always handling my biz. Six man.